Hello, everyone, and welcome to Paradox, Untold Stories from Athletic Directors. I am Dr. Danielle O'Point, and my co-host is Dr. Dustin Smith. And today we have another doctor with us, Dr. Chris Hobbs. How are you today? I'm doing great. I am really excited to hang out with you. I wanted a funny joke about three doctors, and I just couldn't come up with it. I'm not, I'm not funny. <laughs> <clears throat> well, so today we are tri-docs, I guess, then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure Dustin will come up with something much more you know, witty and funny than, than myself. But how are you doing today, Dustin? Man, I'm living the dream. I can't say in Greenwood, Arkansas, because I'm not. I'm on the road today, as you can tell with the background. Uh, I'm at our volleyball state tournament, uh, and our volleyball team is into the quarterfinals, so they play tonight at six. So I'm on the road with them. But outside of that, I am I get the opportunity to hang out with Dr. Chris Hobbs and, and Dr. Daniel LaPointe. So I think I'm. A, it's a win-win for me today. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for... Um, being here with us today, Chris and Dustin, and thank you to Ticket Spigot as well, who is our official sponsor and also um, the sponsor of the NIAAA. So, um, yeah, we're excited. Let's jump right into this. How, uh, you know, Dustin, you like to well, ask the first question. Go for it. Well, I, I before I ask a question, I've got to say this. We have had some Hall of Famers on here before. We have had some legends in the AD world. But I don't know that we have ever had a national AD of the year until today. And we've got a national AD of the year with BSN. Um, Dr. Chris Hobbs is, is a buddy of mine, and we've gotten to know each other through a, uh, it started through the NIAAAU cohort. Um, and and he, uh, he found greener pastures and went to Houston, uh, and we've still connected. We've stayed connected through this process. And and I learn from Chris on a daily basis, whether he knows it or not. If you don't follow him on Twitter, you need to, uh, because he's he's an avid reader like I am. And so he reads all the time and posts quotes, but he also does uh, lessons uh, from those from those books that he's read or some situations that he's faced. He's got some leadership advice that you can follow. So if you if you need to be challenged, if you need to be better, uh, and we all do, Dr. Chris Hobbs is a great follow and a great person to learn from. So I'm thrilled just because Chris said, yes, I'll do this. Uh, and he's not a current AD now, but he's been an AD in New Jersey. He's been an AD in Virginia. He's been an AD in Florida. Uh, so he's well, well versed as our friend Jason Kohler would say. Uh, he, he knows the AD landscape and I'm excited to visit with him today. And Chris, man, I appreciate you jumping on here with us and being part of this podcast. This is great, and uh, I, I reciprocate all those uh, kind words, Dustin. Uh, Dustin and I connected on the NIAAA cohort a couple springs ago, and we really connected on, like, somehow we got each other's cell phone numbers, and it was like the snarky side text while the virtual meetings were going on that were really the most enjoyable time of uh, getting to know Dustin. Like, you know, just, you know, how some of those side conversations are as good as the main conversations. So, Dustin, it's great to hang out with you today, particularly. Well, I, I'm excited. I know Danielle's excited, and you guys got to spend your Florida time before we got on the air and before we recorded, and, and I got to interrupt that and got to Listen, see a fly on the off, wall there. Hats off to Florida ADs. It is a different <laughs> landscape, and so Danielle is is all, all elevated to legendary status immediately because she's a Florida AD. <laughs> Well, we, we, we have discussed your accolades and the legend that you are and how you've gotten to be um, 
well-respected in, in the AD world. Uh, I, I want to ask, as I always ask, what does the resume not tell us about who Chris Hobbs is? Tell us about um, the things you like to do. Tell us about your family, whatever. The stuff that you do outside of the AD world, which is easy now because you're not in the midst of the AD <laughs> world. But what do you what do you do outside of being an athletic administrator? Yeah, it's um, so I just love daily pursuits. And so I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm a pretend strength training advocate. Um, I, I we train six days a week. Um, it doesn't pay off nearly as much as the time I spend in it, but I do enjoy the challenge of it. Uh, so I'm a big garage gym guy and I thought it would be cheaper to have my own garage gym than pay a membership every month and ended up being more expensive because I buy all this stuff. And so really enjoy that. And uh, like, like Dustin referenced, uh, just continue to be really, really convinced that uh, reading is one of the great leadership hacks. And so I read a ton. Um, and actually, Dustin, something I learned about myself through that NIAAA cohort, which if anyone's listening and they have an opportunity to participate in any of those tiers, I believe there's multiple tiers of that NIAAA cohort, man, that is just, that is some great professional development on a very intimate level. Uh, but one of the things I learned going through it with Dustin is um, we took the Clifton Strength Finders um, kind of self-analysis of like kind of who you are as a personal leader. One of the things that came back on mine is like how obsessive I am about learning. And part of my learning process is to share. And so like, voila, 2022, like social media ends up just kind of being the place where like I actually continue my learning by sharing out there. Um, and then it's a big deal to me, just the way God's made me that, you know, I, I enjoy inspiring people to go out and do things that are in their best interest, right? Like I, I don't even care where the idea came from, but if I can share it with you and you can go out and, you know, do your best work and get your most fulfillment, uh, then that's actually a pretty satisfying byproduct of all the stuff I share out there. So that's a little bit of the stuff I do off the side. Um, I train, I read like crazy. I got a wonderful family, wife, high school sweetheart. We're both educators. I've got a daughter that's a senior in college about to graduate. I got a son that's a senior in high school about to graduate. I got a daughter that's a sophomore in high school. So we're busy with all the things like many people are. And probably something else that's not on the resume that has been really formative to me is I own the worst season record in varsity basketball at two different schools. I don't know if you should tell people that though. <laughs> I have had two 20 lost seasons, one in New Jersey, one in Florida. And I learned so much in those seasons. I had a little bit of a luxury going into them, knowing they were coming. Like you're just, you're like your talent levels just down. The landscape has shifted a little bit, whatever it might be. And captains from each of those teams are two of the most meaningful people in my life because we navigated, you know, for a high schooler to have a 20 loss season, your senior year of high school basketball is an absolute nightmare, right? Like worst case scenario. And because we navigated those really, really dark waters together, um, those were some young men that led incredibly during those times. And I continue to be really, really close to them. So shout out to, Danny Scroggins uh, and Josh Decker, both of those young men are just uh, really, really special to me because they stayed committed to me when we were navigating some really hard things. Well, you made a statement and it was on social media this morning. I read it that said life provides the test and then the lesson. 
So, uh, I mean, I think I think that that is uh, encapsulated in what you just said and that story that you provided about going through the rough times. There really was no manual. You get the test, you take the test, and then afterwards you get the lesson and what comes out of that. So I think that's fitting that that was said this morning or you posted that this morning, and then we get to discuss it, and it's, a- it's applicable right now. Yeah. Uh, some, uh, so the coaches out there, I heard QB Brown at a coaching clinic once. Um, he stood up and he was going to give a presentation on, you know, losing seasons, how to still get your best player their best shots, right? I think was the title of the, the, the seminar or whatever. He stood up in front of a gym, probably like 200 high school coaches. You know, Hubie Brown in the in the basketball world is a, is an absolute legend, absolute goat. You know, the kids would say, and Hubie gets up and he says, this next 60 minutes is for all you coaches that have lost 20 games in a season. And he paused and everyone kind of giggled. And he said, and for you smug jerks that ain't never lost 20 games in a season, keep coaching. You will. Uh, and, you know, and, he, and I mean, he just took off for the next 60 minutes, just ripping and roaring about really everything that's great about coaching and how you can just separate yourself from the losing and embrace the challenge of every day. And so the coaches out there that are navigating losing seasons, man, your work might be most important. Uh, more important than the work you would do during a winning season uh, is done during a losing season. Uh, and so just want to encourage the coaches out there that are navigating a dark season or will, like you kind of see it coming, um, be inspired. Your most important work is probably going to happen this season. So what I like to ask people is to kind of paint on a map where they're at. And I know we're, we've talked about Houston. If people don't know where Houston is, then we have a problem. Uh, but I think <laughs> what we really need to discuss is let's talk about your time in Virginia and New Jersey and in Florida, kind of paint on a map where you were in those locations. Yeah. 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 So uh, right out of played division three college basketball, might as well be Kentucky for me. I loved it. Meant the world had a great coach that had a huge impact on my life. So right out of high school, right out of college, dive into teaching and coaching in a, uh, a private school right outside of Washington, DC in Northern Virginia. I uh, was there for seven years, fell butt backwards way too soon into an opportunity to be an athletic director uh, and um, just really loved it. Was raised in the home of an educator, home of a coach. And so the best part for me of going to school growing up was was sports. And so that just provided a natural segue out of college and into really I just kept doing what I, I really love to do. And that's go to school every day and worry about the end of the day where the sports would start. And so uh, the D.C. area, uh, major me- metropolitan area, uh, I've lived D.C., I've lived Philly, I've lived New York City, I've lived West Palm Beach, and now I'm Houston. And uh, to all those ADs that live in Northern Virginia, the D.C. suburbs, your traffic takes the cake. Your traffic is far and above the most uh, frustrating I've ever seen. But had a great seven years there with seven with uh, wonderful people. Went back to New Jersey. I am a New Jersey native. Went back to New Jersey for 10 years, uh, working right outside of New York City in central New Jersey. And if you're really from New Jersey, you do understand that there is a north, central, and south. Um, and anyone that tells you otherwise, you want to fight with them. And so just go with it, everybody else, if you're not from New Jersey. Um, wonderful. Probably my most formative years as an AD were in central Jersey um, in the Greater Middlesex Conference, a wonderful, probably 36, 37 school conference that's kind of built around the county of Middlesex County and some Hall of Fame, NIAAA, NJSA, Hall of Fame athletic directors were in that conference, man, and they were just so great to me as a young AD, 
uh, gracious, shared ideas, pulled me aside, gave me tips, put me on ad, ad hoc committees I probably didn't deserve to be on. So I just got to rub shoulders with some really, really high level professional athletic administrators. That's really, really where I got a vision for how athletic administrators also must be high level educational administrators. It just so happens that your niche is the athletic department, but you've got to be a high level educational administrator. And so I learned that by rubbing shoulders with all those, those, those men and women that just did incredible work. So that was 10 years there about, and then went to uh, the King's Academy in West Palm beach, Florida for five years, a wonderful place, uh, a lot of resource, a lot of history, a lot of, um, in a right way, proud community that loves what they do there. And just that's, um, that's where some, some real magic happened for about five years. And then uh, just had an opportunity uh, to kind of, you know, maybe change, uh, turn the page, uh, the, the bow tie AD uh, on one of your recent podcasts talked about how sometimes seasons changes and it's time to turn a page. And so that's kind of what transpired for me. And uh, the Lord gave me an opportunity to move to Houston, and now I am the Director of Institutional Advancement at Second Baptist School in Houston, Texas. Um, I get to supervise marketing, admissions, advancement, communications for a uh, multi-campus school uh, that is um, going through a special season right now uh, with tons of growth. And um, we've got a great head of school, a dear friend of mine that's done a tremendous job here and I just jumped on like kind of a rocket ship to the moon here uh, the last 18 months. And so um, that's kind of, that, that brings me to today, hanging out with you all. So did I see that your son's committed to Dallas Baptist? He is. Yeah, my son's a passionate distance runner and has uh, worked his way into receiving an offer from, from Dallas Baptist University and uh, tremendous program. Dustin's, or Justin Smith, excuse me, is the head coach there. He's he's on the brink of building legacy there. He's been there 18, 19 years. Um, and we just were blown away by the quality of the program, uh, the quality of the people, uh, the institution aligned with our vision and values for our son. And so it was uh, a little bit of a no-brainer. So we're really excited. We feel blessed about it that uh, he'll continue to grow as a young man, a student, and an athlete over the next four years. Yeah, Justin's a phenomenal coach, but their AD is also named Smith. Connor Smith is their AD. Uh, and so you're surrounded by great people just because of last name only, if you have to. Uh, but I'm just trying to great keep up people. With the Smiths. I'm just trying to. Yeah, keep not up the, the Joneses, Smiths, the Smiths. See, when you go on record, it's the Smiths. Uh, now, my, my exciting. Well, what's been exciting for me is just being able to follow Chris and just what he's done, his leadership. Uh, again, I, I can harp on this for, for days just about the advice that he provides. And sometimes it's unsolicited. He'll just throw it out there and nobody's asking for it, but he gives it to you. Um, and he mentioned earlier in the AD world, we're really good at stealing stuff. Uh, you say, Sharon, we steal it. So we and you can get away with it in the AD world. You can just borrow stuff from other people and they're willing to do that. So the point of this podcast is we get to have an opportunity to discuss stories. And I know in your tenures, tenures, I'll say, you've had some stories that you've come across that are the stories that are just like blow your mind things that happen. So you want to start us off with one? Yeah. So, um, man, this was such a challenge when when Dustin approached me about uh, jumping on, hanging out with, with him and Danielle. It was like, man, oh, man, like you know, what can I share and all. And so I actually have had the pleasure of working with some wonderful assistant athletic directors, like just great people, 
um, carried vision well, executed well. And so uh, shout out to Miriam Hartzler. Miriam's now um, the associate head coach for women's basketball at Southeastern University in Lakeland, Florida. But Miriam and I spent nine years together in New Jersey. And then uh, Ryan Johnson um, at the Kings Academy, who is just a dynamic young kid. And uh, actually not a young kid. He's probably late 20s now. So um, wonderful young man. So anyway, and the list goes off. Wonderful people that I've worked with. Adam Winters at the Kings Academy. So I texted all that. I was like, hey, craziest thing we went through together. What do you got? You know, and they started sending back stuff back to me. And it was a great trip down memory lane. But I'm, I'm going to start with one that is actually a phys ed teacher. So this is for ADs that supervise phys ed in their schools. I, I know many do. And so this is from when I was a young phys ed teacher. I'm fired up. I'm excited. I love the kids. I'm still kind of a decent athlete. So I can run around with them and impress them a little bit. So we're in phys ed class and we're in kind of like a hand-eye coordination type unit, right? Like we're doing all this stuff to like help them experience hand-eye coordination and know what that is. And so I decide I'm going to get out the pitching machine and we're going to use tennis balls and we're going to kind of like lob stuff around the gym through the pitching machine, you know, like tracking with your eyes, watching it into your hands, bare hand catching the tennis balls, easy stuff. Um, and you know, so we're doing it. It's going great, right? Like I'm the phys ed teacher of the year at like 22 years of age because I'm using a pitching machine, tennis balls. And, um, that one of the kids says, coach, can it go faster? Yeah, yeah, it can go faster. Right. So we turn it up, you know, five, 10 miles and, you know, we're pushing, zipping some stuff around the gym and kids are catching it, having a blast, you know, and it's awesome. And another kid was like, coach, I bet you we can catch it faster than that. Yeah, yeah, let's catch it faster than that. Another 10 miles right now. Tennis balls are zipping, you know, and kids are catching them and, you know, and it's it's going great. And then, I don't know, I'm 22. What are you going to do? You know, I'm like, guys, I was like, do you want to see? Now, this is important because I was trying to be a responsible professional. Do you want to see what a 100 mile an hour tennis ball looks like? Do you just want to see it? No. And they're like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's an old guy's physics class. They're fired up. And so I was like, okay, everyone against the wall, get out of the way, you know, against the wall. And I let one out, man. And I mean, that thing, like, whoa, man, the sound as it comes humming out of the tennis ball, out of the pitching machine, the sound as it hits the padding on the wall under the backboard of the gymnasium, it was like, yo. <laughs> and so, you know, you know where this goes. We got some bravado kids that think they can catch it. And one kid just coach fire one i can catch it coach i can catch it i'm like and he's a good athlete i'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're like yeah oh and i fire this tennis ball and it zips right past this kid hits the wall behind him he goes coach i never even saw it i never even saw it <laughs> yeah i'm like they're like this is crazy right and so we run a couple kids through it and it's just going past and hitting the wall and then this young man great kid oh no oh no heart as big as a lion Unfortunately, he didn't have the body of a lion. Um, and he steps up, and I hit him square in the chest, totally inadvertently, with a hundred mile an hour tennis ball. He hits. I think it lifted him off his feet. In my memory, it lifted him off his feet, like almost like an angelic being, where his spirit is beginning to float to heaven, and he lands on his back. He lands on his back in the gymnasium, and he lays there. Like five-star fish position, arms out, legs out, staring at the ceiling. And, I mean, it's bedlam. 
Kids are going crazy, screaming and yelling, half laughing. I go run across the gym. He lays there. He's staring up into the sky. His glasses are crooked, right? Because obviously he wore glasses, right? Like, obviously, that's what this story is. He goes, I'm like, are you okay? He goes, coach, I'm awesome. (laughs) So here's the point. Athletic directors, here's the point. Encourage your young phys ed teachers. Do not (laughs) allow the zeal of your students to talk you out of your lesson plan. Just don't let them do it. Just don't let them do it. You'll be glad you're stuck with the plan. But um, every so often, because there was a teacher that heard the chaos going in the gym and began to and came in to see what's going on and watched it unfold. And when it happened, he crumpled in the corner laughing so hard. I mean, like uncontrollable, embarrassing adult laughter. And every now and again, once every three years, he texts me. He says, remember the tennis balls? And we, I mean, we just go back and forth laughing hysterically all over again. The kid was fine. Terrible idea. I don't even know if we should put this on the podcast, but that's <laughs> So I've got a couple comments I want to make. First off, Dustin, you what started you right with advise athletic directors on how to instruct their physicians not to do that. <laughs> well, I, I do that through some of my comments and questions. I just want to see reactions of what you do. But you started off saying that you were lobbing balls from here to there, you know, around the gym, and then it became zipping. Um, and then the words that are in my mind are, I mean, that that ball was screaming. <laughs> at 100 miles an hour and hits that kid and um i want to i want to ask a couple questions one what was your immediate reaction when you hit the kid a, a, a little bit this is going to sound totally moronic i was surprised that it hit the kid why was i surprised did i not see where this was headed i was like, totally like oh man i can't believe it hit him. What? Why is that my reaction? Because I'm 22, right? Like, I'm just a knucklehead that, like, only sees how fun this is. And and here's the thing. They immediately, right, like, like yo, 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 show us your chest, show us your chest. And he picks up his shirt. The rug burn he had on the center of his chest because of the spinning felt tennis ball. And when it hits you at 100 miles an hour, I mean, he had, like, this oblong rug burn that was probably like three four inches long in the center of his chest and honestly you would have thought i had just awarded the kid a phd he was so ecstatic about the rug burn on his chest he's like yo look at this Ah. (laughs) it was everything that's right about teenage boys and everything that's wrong about being a young phys ed teacher i mean it was all of that at once (laughs) well I, i think about just in that moment of you know, clearly the kids prior to him couldn't see it. You even mentioned that. One of them said, I, I didn't even see that, Coach. But this kid had glasses, so it really impaired his vision, I'm sure. But a ball howling at him that quickly, and he just sits there and wears it. And you talked about earlier about you fell butt backwards into a leadership position. This kid fell butt backwards simply because he was knocked off his feet from a tennis ball. He almost fell butt backwards right out of living, right? Like, I mean, like that thing, <laughs> that thing just smoked it. <laughs> and you I know think my, about. Go, go ahead, Daniel. Oh, I was no, just going to say, ahead. like, 
now I'm like, I have, I do have a lot of questions as well, but like now I want to know what a hundred mile per hour tennis ball looks like going across the drain. Like I want to see this for myself now. <laughs> so a, a little backstory from my childhood, my dad was a school administrator, right? And so like when you're growing up, you're young and your dad's a school administrator or, or your mom, your parent, one of your parents is, you feel like you own the school. You think it's your dad's school, right? You think it's your mom's school because they're always there. They have keys to everything. Um, everyone's going to them for answers, you know? So you just kind of like as a 10-year-old, 12-year-old, you just think my dad owns the school. It's kind of my school too, I guess. So we would go over on Saturday afternoons. My dad was a three-sport athlete in high school, played small college athletics. He was a coach, right? Like, and he had three sons, right? Like, so what do you do on a random Saturday afternoon? And so one Saturday afternoon growing up, I mean, we still talk about it and laugh. He got out a pitching machine and he turned it so it would face straight up in the sky. And he was just kind of shooting some fly balls. And then the same thing, like, hey, how high can this thing shoot a ball? Right? So we crank it all the way up. And I mean, and we're standing there with our gloves. Like, I'm like 12. My brother's 10. My younger brother's 8, right? Like, we're 12, 10, and 8. And we're not good at baseball, by the way. Like, none of us were really all that gifted at baseball, you know? We're standing out there. I mean, he fires one up in the sky at 90 miles an hour. We're standing there with our gloves, completely expecting to catch it. And like, as that thing shot up, all through, all four of our heads went, boom, <laughs> and it took off <laughs> into the sky and it disappeared. Like we had no idea where it was coming. And here's the funny thing. We could hear it coming back down before we could see it coming back down, like the speed at which it was coming down. And we start to giggle as it's coming at us. Giggle, giggle, giggle. Now uncontrollable laughter. And we just dive out of the way like a meteor was coming back to earth. And hits the grass. And so we laugh about that all the time. And so I have fond memories of pitching machines, of like just hysterical laughter around pitching machines, which probably fed my poor decision making as a young phys ed teacher. I was going to say, you're, you're saying you have fond memories. I'm over here thinking, do not give Chris Hobbs a pitching machine. <laughs> and under any circumstance, Chris Hobbs should not have the control over a pitching machine. That is the moral of this story. Listen, I'm, uh, I might this. unsolicited life advice. Very <laughs> carefully the use of pitching machines. Yeah. <laughs> Even with a tennis ball. I mean, a tennis <laughs> ball is going to give ball. a little bit. <laughs> My question is, did the kids ever say, Coach, you need to try to catch this. You need to <laughs> let me shoot 100 a mile an hour at you. I think in their minds, like I'm 22, you know, I'm a former small college basketball player when you're when you're a 14 year old freshman in high school you know i might as well have been hercules so i think in their minds they all assumed i could probably catch it blindfolded oh yeah coach hobbs can catch anything you know now we got to see if we can be coach hobbs you know and like I'm, I'm guessing in their in their undeveloped 14 year old minds that that's where it went because not a single one of them asked if i could do it um I, I don't know what I would have said if they'd asked me if I could do it. <laughs> so so did a principal or anybody say, Coach Hobbs, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> Honestly, I think it's kind of where my legend began to grow at that school because <laughs> it just kind of went <laughs> it just kind of grew like a weed from there. There was no pruning at that point. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so were the parents so, ever like, did you have to have a conversation with the parents about why their child is now branded with a rug burn on their chest. So I coached almost all those kids. And so that particular young man, I coached him. He was, you know, wonderful kid, you know, wasn't very gifted. So he's sitting on the bottom of my bench on one of my teams, you know, cause he's a young coach, coach everything. Um, and 
I, I don't think so. Like sometimes these these young people, when they get involved in something that they just know is hysterical and they know a teacher's involved, sometimes they're smart enough to know who sh they shouldn't tell, and who they should tell, right? And so I'm guessing that these young men out of a misplaced sense of loyalty to me did not share what transpired in that class that day. Well, and it also right. happened prior to social media as well. So 100%. I feel like that was a saving grace for you because 100%. this would have been on social media. There's no way you're shooting 100 mile per hour tennis balls in the gym <laughs> and someone doesn't record it. That's exactly right. And so, I, again, I don't know how I would have survived my teenage years and my early professional years with social media because I'm I'm sure my career path would have been forced into a different direction. <laughs> well, and, and we wouldn't be having this conversation if that was That's on social right. media yeah. because the Guys legend are, of Chris Hobbs would be yeah. it would have been deterred early yeah. in, in the in the time. But I, I just think about you know you're you're over marketing and advertising and all that stuff now, and I wonder if you would have tried to tap into lens crafters at some point and say, Hey, maybe you should, but maybe that wouldn't have been so good. You, they wouldn't have been a good role model there because they could, couldn't I, see it. 2001 was a different cultural context. I might've gotten away with it in 2001. You know, and I this think it's, go ahead, Dustin. I, I just think it's funny that his glasses were, were turned all awkward. And you know, that's, that's the visual that you have after the kid hurt himself. Or you, you, you peg a kid, you <laughs> peg a kid with a hundred mile an hour tennis ball, and what you, know, you what you remember is his, his glasses. And and as a lacrosse player, you know you've heard these horror stories of kids getting hit in the chest with lacrosse balls, yeah. and it stops their heart. So when you were originally saying this, I was I was glad that you were at least giggling about it because I was like, this could take a very bad. Turn. Now, granted, a lacrosse ball and a tennis ball are, you know, feel very differently, but still. At 100 miles an hour, you think that, I'm sure that doesn't feel great. <laughs> I know, I'm not saying it felt good, but I think it would be a little different than the lacrosse ball. But that's where my head first went to was yeah. because that was, you know, um, a thing that was occurring, especially when I played lacrosse of, of kids get hit from shots in the chest and it, it stops right. heart. Mm -hmm. That's right. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar, like lacrosse balls are about the closest rubber version of concrete that you'll ever meet. I mean, those like balls, a hockey puck. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. my gosh. They're so dense and they're, mm -hmm. they're heavy. Um, and so um, I, I wish I could say that I had thought that all through as a 22 year old in that moment. I had not thought any of that through. Um, I knew I was using tennis balls because they would be much more forgiving on the kids. I just in my planning of that lesson. Obviously, I wasn't factoring in a hundred mile an hour tennis balls, or you know. So, um, did you did you at any point put a speed limit on the like golf carts have a governor that you can't go beyond this speed? Did you ever put that on that pitching machine to say hey, we can't exceed this this mile yeah, per hour? Yeah, I mean, the only limit was how far to the left could you turn the knob. That was the limit on the pitching. <laughs> And that's where I went with it. Let me reiterate. The, Chris Hobbs cannot touch pitching machines. <laughs> they, apparently they're a vice for me of some sort. Yeah. <laughs> this is all so, control. So have you, had, have you had any conversation with this kid or said kid since then? Your, your target practice kid? <laughs> I mean, did you, did, have you had any conversation with him since this moment? <laughs> so we've had conversations over the years. I mean, that was... 
geez, 20 years ago. And so that young man, uh, last time I interacted with him, married, kids, living a great life, <laughs> barely no, no residual effects whatsoever. <laughs> and uh, when I, anytime I interact with any of those kids, I could, I could call a lot of them out by name, you know. Um, it's one of the first things that comes up. Yo, coach, do you remember when? <laughs> yeah, yes, guys, I definitely remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, let's not talk fact... about it anymore. Let's forget that that happened. <laughs> it's a good thing you got the National AD of the Year Award before <laughs> that you got on this podcast because you probably would have not. <laughs> this probably would have disqualified you from the jump. <laughs> So again, I mean, like lessons learned, you know, ADs of young phys ed teachers, make sure they understand, you know, you get a good lesson going, don't let the kids take it to an unnecessary level. <laughs> yeah, supervision is important. That's right. Yeah, there's, there is such a thing as a good idea crossing into now an out of control out idea. Dustin says supervision is important. I say common sense is important. I mean, go both <laughs> ways. <laughs> go hand in hand. Well, my question is, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happened to the padding? If it left the rug burn on the kid's chest, what happened to the padding when the ball hit? Did, did it tear it? Did it have indentions? Yeah, I mean, just little indentions. I think those those tennis balls, I think, um, you know, again, I'm not a physics expert here, but uh, based upon <laughs> the rug burn on the young man's chest, those tennis balls were clearly hitting solid objects and, like, like really flattening out and then get you know kind of rebounding and regaining their shape and so the padding combined with the flexibility of the tennis ball again i'm trying to sound like a physics expert. i just see a flat tennis ball against this poor kid's chest as he's like oh his, his glasses are going that is i'm not a physics expert but that is a hundred percent what happened danielle that is a hundred percent what happened <laughs> So it's like the Marvel movie when the Hulk gets knocked out of his body. No, that's right. You, you said that you coached. You said you coached this kid. Did he go to practice later that day? Was he? Yeah, I mean, like how how quickly have times changed, right? Like we're talking about cultural context is so important in so many things. It was literally we went on like like we went on with the day like it was no big deal. The kids giggled and laughed the rest of the day in the hallways and the lunchroom, and we talked about it at practice after school. We just went about our lives, you know. And so, uh, like how quickly things changed, you know, um, in our cultural context that now that feels like a absolute show stopping, day derailing, career derailing, you know. <laughs> and maybe it should have been in two thousand one, but. You know, I was uh, just zealous, and the kids were zealous, having a blast. And uh, just be careful, coaches. When you get your kids fired up, make sure you stay in control of them because they egged me right into it, you know. And, and I'm the adult. They're the kids, right? Like, I'm the adult in the situation. So, but they were fired up. I got fired up. And, yeah, oh, yeah, all right, let's see what happens. <laughs> well, well, was there anybody else that was target practice? I mean, tried to catch it after that? Or was it just that kid? <laughs> you shut it down after that moment. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I didn't have any common sense uh, in that situation, but at some point I regained reality and said, okay, like, we're good now, we're good, like, we have, we have, we have walked to the cliff of disaster, peered into the abyss of that disaster, <laughs> and we're still fine, let's, let's call it a day, guys. <laughs> and, you know, I think about myself as a 14-year-old boy, 
and I weighed maybe 85 pounds. And I'm thinking if I would have, that would have put a hole right through me. It would have been no carpet burn. It had just been a hole straight through the middle of me. And then we'd have a whole different conversation. Uh, but I think about all the things that could have gone wrong. But kudos to you for finally having common sense and saying, we're shutting this down. We ain't doing this again. Well, that feels like a backhanded compliment. I'm being honest. I feel like at this point in the conversation, we're just mocking me now. <laughs> Well, and I can come from a very uh, realistic standpoint because I actually was a senior in 01. I graduated in 01. So yeah, I yeah. would have been a senior in that PE class egging you on. Like I can see <laughs> that occurring no. in one of my PE classes being completely normal. Like let's see what this puppy can do. Like I would have been right there thinking this was amazing and have not thinking it was like weird at all. Just thinking it was a great day. This is now the first time I feel like someone on this conversation is actually joining me and like maybe <laughs> sympathizing with me a little bit. So, Danielle, thank you for controlling me just a little bit in this matter. I would like to think that half of that class probably considered being a phys ed teacher for the rest of their high school career because of that moment. That was the most awesome thing they'd ever seen in their lives, right? And yeah. so... Silver linings, everyone. Silver linings. Yeah. 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 You're saying she's jumping on board with you. I'm just saying I'm on the common sense train and thinking that's probably (laughs) – maybe it's because I'm an administrator now and I think, what would I do if I walked in and one of my coaches was doing that? Um, And I just want to go out on the record right now and say do not try to fire a 100-mile-an-hour tennis ball (laughs) in PE class. No, don't do it. Lessons learned. We're trying to pass yeah. along lessons learned here. Yeah. Solicited <laughs> advice. I don't care Solicited. if it's unsolicited or not. This is, I'm just giving it to you. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I clearly we, we've beaten that thing for a while. Um, <laughs> and I know Chris is ready to jump onto something else, but <laughs> I wonder if you can top that story at all with mm-hmm. something else. But I know you've got a couple of them you want to tell. But do any involve pitching machines outside of that? No, 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 no. And again, you know, I, I don't, maybe I'm a quick learner. I can't really say I've used a pitching <laughs> machine at any other time in my career. And so maybe I'm a, a fast learner. I don't know. Maybe the Are you? Maybe, I mean, yeah, are am you really? I, am I? <laughs> uh, so I've had, um, so I'm in the New Jersey Nets Stadium when they were in New Jersey. They're in Brooklyn now. Um, I'm in the New Jersey Nets Stadium. I'm an athletic director in New Jersey. And we did one of those things where you can take your high school basketball teams, so varsity girls, varsity boys, you can take them and play an opponent in a pro stadium. So that's what we had done. We had gone up and we had played a game um, in the New Jersey Nets Stadium. It was a big deal, small little high school. Everyone's fired up. Everyone came to see the game. Uh, And so, and then there's this delay between, so varsity girls, let's say, was at two o'clock in the afternoon. Varsity boys was at four o'clock, probably even earlier than that. And then they clear you out, but you get to stay, come back in free admission and watch the Nets play. Uh, and so <clears throat> our games are over. It's like maybe a two, two and a half hour gap where we've got to get cleaned up, get out of locker rooms, get meals for everyone. Lots of our fans are just loitering around, hanging out, waiting for the pro game to start. Um, and as we get um, into the start of the Nets game, um, someone tells me that one of our kids is like really sick in one of the bathrooms, one of our guys. And so I go check on uh, this young man. And I mean, he is really sick in the bathroom, really sick. 
And then someone tells me, so I'm, I'm kind of dealing with him, checking in with his parents, you know, like just checking out what's going on. And then I hear about another kid that's sick, like in another bathroom, like down the causeway, you know, maybe on the other side of the section we're sitting on. And then another story about another kid that's sick. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, I'm on the phone with these parents. These kids are, you know, I'm not going to be too gross, but they are obviously sick in the bathroom, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, come to find out, a bunch of them, um, had gathered to have like a tailgate experience in the parking lot of the New Jersey Net Stadium. And they had gotten all their food for the tailgate from the dollar store, oh. including clams. They made clams in the parking lot that were from the dollar store. And the way they went about making them was to just warm up some water because it's the winter in New Jersey, so it's cold to warm up some water in a pot on the hood of their car. That is how they cooked clams from the dollar store. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> and so I'm putting the pieces of all this together as these kids. We ended up having like three really sick. And quite honestly, they got it out of their system so fast that I wasn't even worried about the lingering effects because it came out of their system as fast as it went into their system. <laughs> and so um, every now and again, I'll get a, a DM on social media or a text message, you know, where, hey, coach, when's the last time you had clams? You know, and like we just start having a hysterical conversation about that. So clams from the dollar store. So another lesson, folks, do not get seafood from the dollar store. I'm not against the dollar store. I buy stuff from the dollar store all the time. Do not. This is unsolicited life advice right here. Do not get seafood from the dollar store. <laughs> I didn't so, even know you could buy clams from the dollar store. I, you just educated me. I had no idea it's that New was Jersey. even an option. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. New Jersey. What can you not get there? <laughs> so my question is, is this, are we sure that they were sick because of the clams or was it because of the performance of the the, Nets. <laughs> the New Jersey Nets. I'd have to look back at those years and see how good those Nets teams were. I think they were pretty good. I think it was like Kerry Kittles and Kenyon Martin and Jason Kidd. I think they were actually a pretty decent ticket. Um, and I'm pretty Camby sure was on that team. Yeah, yeah. I think they were a pretty decent ticket. So I, I had thought that too. I thought a snarky joke about the quality of the Nets, but I actually think they were decent at that point. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, both you know this. Like teenagers, right? Like, you know, when they're, when, when you think they're not smart, they're actually really smart. And when you think they're really smart, they're actually really not, right? Like they're, they're like a living paradox. They're a living irony, you know? And so clams from the dollar store. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? you know? I'm, I'm getting sick to my stomach right now. <laughs> Just thinking about not only clams from a dollar store, but like how they went about cooking it even if it was lambs from a grocery store like that wasn't the way to go there. not even close not even close they just but, hey water feels warm i guess we can eat them now i mean that's oh really my good. god how, how did they get a pot is my question did they get that at the dollar store too i mean yeah, they had really thought through, i'm not exactly sure how they got the pot but they had really thought through the tailgate like they had a they had a wide variety of buffet like items for their tailgate <laughs> only a few of them <laughs> only a handful of them maybe only one of them were ill-advised the rest of the stuff 
was like, yeah, like beef jerky. Yeah, I totally get that. Like it was like kids just like imagining like a, a feast and like limited budget for their feast. And so let's go to the dollar store and buy as many edible items as we can find at a dollar store. And somehow clams made the list. <laughs> I mean, who thought that was a great idea? But I mean, I can I'm trying to I'm trying to get in their mindset, um, and I appreciate somebody who goes to the dollar store because I am thrifty like that. Um, I'm Danielle calls me cheap. I am just thrifty, fiscally responsible, smart, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I think you, about wait, 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 there, before you even go on, knowing that you're cheap, fiscally responsible, whatever you want to call yourself, would you eat clams from a dollar store? I must know. You've got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> I mean, somewhere you've got to think this is not a good idea. I see signs like in Nebraska. I went to Omaha, Nebraska for the College World Series for like seven straight years. And they would always have signs that say fresh seafood. Ooh. And I started thinking, I'm like, there, there is nothing that would be fresh from an ocean here in Nebraska. So I don't know that I can just do the mileage. I really would. Right. Do the mileage on the closest coast, right? Do the mileage, and that'll tell you whether or not you should be eating seafood there. (laughs) I mean, well, clearly, my 45 year old mind compared to these 14, 15, 16, 17 year old minds, whatever, that think we're not only going to get clams, but we're going to cook them on the hood of a car. In the middle of winter. I was going to say, it probably doesn't even get that hot in the middle of winter. Your car. No, no. no. I mean, if that that water got to lukewarm, I'd be surprised. But because you're outside in cold, right? Like 55 degree water would feel kind of warm if you get your fingertips. You know, because your fingertips are... Yeah. We keep talking about this. Someone is going to dry heave on this podcast. Right. Right. (laughs) We're going to be called out to somebody somebody in the bathroom like you were at that Mets game. Somebody got really sick. (laughs) I mean, I'm starting to piece some things together here, Chris, with your stories so far. And the common denominator so far obviously has been you and the wisdom that you are providing people. So I may have to retract my statement about the advice that you can get from Chris, because clearly these two stories have been just almost mind numbing just at the possibility of what what really happened and, that, and that, that could take place and this was under your supervision yeah, that's right that's 100 percent true and so like self-reflection is an important thing so again another lesson <laughs> for our listeners right like you gotta be willing to reflect on yourself and so as these wonderful other athletic directors that i worked with that i referenced earlier were sending me suggestions of things that we had gone through together and the texts were just coming in and coming in and coming in and coming in. I began to think to myself, boy, I am not. Whatever good I am at leadership, I think I might be, I'm not even close. Self-reflection <laughs> has revealed that I've got a lot of growing to do. I've got a lot of growing well, to do. <laughs> you know, we like to do takeaways from all of our stories. And I feel like there's a very good takeaway from both of these stories put together. And it's a very simple thing. And sometimes it's just, common sense. Don't forget about it when you're teaching or coaching or making these decisions and having a good time with your team as you should be. Common sense is something that you should keep right there in your pocket at all times. At all times. Um, Colin Coward, you know, Colin Coward's a pretty famous talk show host, sport radio. He's got this great bit on just say it out loud. 
you know, just sometimes you get clarity by just saying it out loud. So for example, if I had just said out loud, I'm about to launch a tennis ball at a hundred miles an hour at a student, like, like this clarity with that saying it out loud, right? All sense becomes very obvious or, you know, to my young men that were eating clams with the guys, we're going to cook clams from a dollar store on the hood of a car in the middle of winter, you know, just say it out loud. Right. All of a sudden, it's like it's like it's like the fog lifts and you can see things clear when you just say it out loud. <laughs> and I think about I, I want to write a book that's called Uncommon Sense because it appears that common sense is kind of a misnomer uh, it because is. it's not really common. So those that have common sense are really uncommon. So maybe we should write a book called Uncommon Sense. And, and like not to. Not to uh, derail the conversation, there's actually a great little 70-page book written in the mid-1700s, maybe late 1700s, by, I believe it's Thomas Paine, I believe, called Common Sense. And it is his musings on what would lead to a great country, right? And like conversations in the country are beginning to be had about like revolution, breaking away from the United Kingdom, breaking away from Britain, creating our own constitution. And he writes a 70-page book on like common sense things about governing land. It's a, written in the Old English, so it's a little challenging to read, but let me tell you something. It's pure genius. Even in modern times, it's pure genius. And at that point, it was the best-selling book in the yet-to-be-formed United States of America for like 20 or 30 years, they buy it and read it in like bars and taverns to audiences. And it's, uh, there's some real common sense in that. So, I mean, look at me, I just totally killed the vibe by giving someone some legitimate advice as opposed to right. mocking <laughs> my poor decision-making over the years. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I was, I thought you were going to tie that into your pure genius of doing a PE, PE instructor and a basketball coach and just the life and times of Chris Hobbs. We maybe should just have a following of you. And a GoPro with you back in the day may have been phenomenal. Uh, again, Danielle's right. Can you imagine social media uh, when we were all in our <sighs> teens and 20s and, uh, you know, I'm raising teenagers. Uh, Dustin, I know you've got kids. You know, Danielle, not, I'm not sure. Danielle, do you have children? I do. I do. I'm a, he's young though. He's a three-year-old, so he doesn't know about social media quite yet. Yeah, there you go. Um, I would imagine, uh, what will this world look like in 10, 12 years when he's a teenager, right? Like we don't even mm -hmm. know things are just evolving so fast. So, uh, for, for parents out there, um, man, keep on keeping on raising kids in these con in these times are complicated as I've clearly described. Uh, right. <laughs> and some of it's education based. <laughs> <laughs> well i really appreciate you taking the time to share our stories you know your stories with us whether we were laughing with you or at you is still a little bit debatable um also making me feel a little bit better about my 22 year old self teaching and coaching I feel like i've went up a notch <laughs> in my own book um so i appreciate you you know even putting those stories out there because that's what makes you better and grow and that's what you know has helped you be where you are today um and and laughing at ourselves so i appreciate you taking the time to to share those and and to be here with us today yeah it's been a been a blast hanging out dustin it's been great to get to know you danielle it's awesome to meet you for the first time uh thank you both of you for the way that you're leading particularly leading coaches 
to impact kids. You know, uh, a lot of schools get um, involved in developing leadership programs, which I think is a worthy endeavor. But every single high school has the most effective leadership development program that exists, and that's called an athletic department. Uh, and the opportunities that that you all have specifically uh, to guide coaches to use athletics as a tool to to challenge young people to grow beyond just their athletic experience, to go out into the world and have an impact based upon what they learn in the Petri dish of the athletic experience. Uh, just uh, thank you for what you do and encouragement to everyone out there. Uh, life is mostly challenging. Uh, life is mostly difficult for every positive thing I, I tweet or put out on LinkedIn. I got 25 frustrating things happening at any one time. And so uh, we're all uh, living challenging lives and challenging times. I just want to encourage everyone to keep on keeping on. It's worth it. Uh, I, I talked about your advice early on. And I think one thing I'm going to take away from this conversation that we've had today is that growth happens in the uncomfortable. And sometimes you learn with discomfort. You learn when you're put in a situation that maybe you didn't draw up. Uh, it maybe sounds great at the moment, but you learn and your life lesson comes after the test in life. And so, Chris, man, I appreciate you jumping on here. I appreciate our friendship and the opportunity to get to know you, but also to learn from you on a daily basis and appreciate what you do. And thank you for taking a chance on us and jumping on here and, and having some fun. And sometimes at your expense, um, we laughed with you. I'm just going to say, I laughed at you. Um, I don't have a problem saying that, it was obvious. but I want to tell you, <laughs> shoot, I was trying to be a little incognito with that, but apparently I was very obvious. Uh, but I really do. I thank you, Chris. I appreciate all you do. And, and I thank you for your investment in our profession and investment in leadership as a whole. Appreciate all that you do for that. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Yes. Thank you yep. to Dr. Chris Hobbs and also to Take It Spicket, who is our sponsor of all of our episodes. Without them, it wouldn't be possible. So thank you. And we will be back next week with another episode. 